You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Hey, Rob, good to see you. Hey, Gary. What's How going on? How you doing? Uh, listen, I'm hanging in there. You know, every day I take one at a I just take each day as it comes, it's, one at a time. You really have to now. Like, it's just getting crazy out there. Everybody you know? talks about this debt ceiling, and they're talking about <sighs> yeah. the stock market and Wall Street, and they're talking 401ks, yep. and they're talking, yep. you know, as if 401ks didn't take a hit right. last year in 2022. Um, and the uncertainty of everything, um, although. You know, I, as you know, I make my career in the political arena, whether it was my time as a member of, of the House or doing morning political talk radio. I actually have every bit of confidence that a deal is going to be broken okay. just from what I'm reading and seeing and hearing. And, and um, it, it sounds like the Republicans and Democrats, they want to play ball and we're just getting close. It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the uncertainty. Uncertainty has really driven this economy for, like, so long, right? There's all all this uncertainty. It's creating problems. It's creating liquidity issues with, like you said, stocks, uh, mortgage-backed securities, treasuries, all that sort of thing, which is driving mortgage rates up when, technically speaking, when we look at the data, rates should be going down because inflation is finally going down. I'm but we're seeing that. them go up. Um, and it's a lot of that is that narrative, the uncertainty. Well, if there's uncertainty in the economy, we don't know what the stock market's going to do. We don't know what the bond market's going to do. We don't know what any of this stuff's going to do. That drives the value of stocks, bonds, mortgage-backed securities. That drives the interest rates that investors are willing to pay on this. So all in all, in layman's terms, it's created the uncertainty has created an upward pressure on mortgage rates. But I have a good feeling and the... Advisors, the economic, uh, you know, people that I listen to, Barry Habib being a, a main one there, and they're talking about the uncertainty kind of unraveling in a good way when all this comes to fruition. Yeah. Meaning, once that debt ceiling gets taken care of, and we know we've got kicked the can down the road a little bit, right? And once some of these pieces of uncertainty start to create some real, you know, specific scenarios where we know the outcomes. You'll see then the fundamentals take over in the market, meaning you should see stocks, you know, go up a bit. Rebound. You should see mortgage bonds. You should see mortgage-backed securities and interest rates end up in a better position, meaning that interest rates go down, not up. Do you have investments outside of real estate? Oh, yeah, stock absolutely. Market stuff I have tons of investments 401ks and stocks, 401ks, IRAs. I have, you know, a lot of alternative investments. I dabble in, you know— Outside of the box, real estate things, um, crypto, I do a little bit. I know in that you did real thing. estate things. I just didn't know if you also did stock market or anything. Yeah, I do it all. I think, and we talked about this on our last episode about building wealth through real estate. I think that you, in order to be a well-versed investor, in order to be diversified in your financial life, you got to have stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and real estate. You can't just have one because the people that I found that just focus on one area – they go 10, 20 years and go, gosh, I, I really made a mistake because real estate's down and stocks are way up. And mm. it goes the other way, too. Stocks were down last year and real estate was way up. If you don't have a little bit of both, 
you can find yourself in a precarious position when you need to come up with money. Like you might have to sell your real estate in a down market or you might have to sell your stocks in a bad market. You don't want to do that. You want to be selling on the upswing. Right? Have you had to do either of that yet? Oh, no. Well, me, you know, I practice what I preach. So I'm someone that just lives a very... I don't want to say frugal, but, you know, I keep my money in check. My personal finances are in check. I always make more than I spend no matter what. I've kept my budget very low. And I try to be in a position where I've got a very strong emergency fund. I've got a lot of moats to the castle, if that makes sense. Like a lot of things that I have to go through before I'm actually tapping into, uh, you know, the 401ks, the emergency funds outside of your savings and that sort of thing. So especially right now, you got to have that emergency fund in place. you got to have that stuff so that when financial crisis hits or uncertainty hits, you don't just immediately need to liquidate uh, a stock or sell a property, that sort of it's thing. It's funny. I was talking to somebody about having a savings account, and he's like, well, you should – you shouldn't have a lot of money in your savings account. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have a lot of money, but you don't eliminate your savings account altogether because if you need four new tires right. or you need a new roof or you have an, a, an unforeseen emergency, well, usually emergencies are unforeseen, you know, um, you 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 could get to your financial advisor. You can probably get your money. You might have a penalty depending on what kind of a— Three to six months emergency fund is yeah. the general rule. Yes, I've heard that Three too. months if you're in a very stable job long tenure, salary type of position. I think three months of your living expenses is safe. If you're someone who's on commission, self-employed, more of a variable income where it can fluctuate, absolutely recommend no less than six months of your expenses in savings. And that's really helped people out that have, you know, kept to that over the last couple years, because as we know, like incomes have fluctuated, people lost jobs. If you've got that you know, savings, if you got that safety net, you can get through a month, two, three months figuring out what your next step is and making sure all your bills are paid. A lot of people I see when they have bad credit and I ask why, oh, I had a stumbling block at work where I was laid off or up this one expense came up and that one expense was three grand. I didn't have the money. The whole financial profile unravels. They go behind on credit cards, student loans, all that. And it all starts with one little thing. So by having that just minor emergency fund set up, you can really protect yourself from from all this, you know? You know what's important is is the relationship that you have with your team, whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's your real estate attorney, whether it's your, it's, it's your real estate agent, oh, yeah. your uh, your financial advisor or accountant, if they're, if they're both, they could be one and the same, or they could be two different people. But I would say, and I think you used this term in the past, and it stuck with me only because it's so true. While those roles are important and really distinguish itself from the others. Really, your quarterback, if you will, is a person like Rob Weinberg right here. I you, try you're to be. A, your mortgage advisor. Yeah, and a lot of people don't think of that. No, but it's you true. You think of the wealth team, and you think of who's the who's the quarterback. If you know nothing about real estate or anything, I'd immediately go with, oh, that's the financial planner, right? Like, sure. Hey, but it's if, not true. You, if you step back, and, and it might be true in certain circumstances, like if you're structuring your retirement oh, plan. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking in related to this, in, to In real relation estate. to real estate, yeah. in relation to debt, okay, the mortgage advisor every single time pretty much is going to be running the show or should be running the show with a wealth team. So we've done episodes on the wealth team, so I don't want to rehash all that. But for our new listeners, the wealth team is really that group of professionals that you've put together 
whether you think you have or you have, they're there because you need this professional group to buy a home, refinance a home, sell a home. So we're talking about real estate attorney, real estate advisor or consultant, like a realtor, right? Then we're talking about your CPA, your tax advisor. And then we're talking about a financial advisor, investment advisor, financial planner, like you said. And then that comes the mortgage advisor, the loan officer, whatever you want to call them, the one that helps you structure and advises you on your debt, on your mortgage strategy, okay? So a lot of the time, as we'll be talking about, if you come to your mortgage advisor early on, we can really help figure out the best path to get there. Other times, people will come to me, and I've really seen this happen in the last couple months, They'll come to me when they're already under contract on a house. They already have the whole thing figured out. And it's like, hey, we heard you're the best mortgage advisor, so we want to work with you. But now I end up having to backtrack a little bit. Look at my boy over here. His reputation precedes him. Look at him. Well, this is a real real world of what's happened in the last couple weeks and months is like people already got pre-approved somewhere else. They already have the whole scenario. But then I get a call. Hey, my realtor said we should really talk to you. We just went under contract. We want to make sure we're not making any mistakes. And Gary, I'm looking at what... What was put together, I'm looking at the pre-approval done by another lender, and they're in the wrong loan product. They're on the wrong amortization, meaning that they're taking, like, the wrong payment. The loan was just – it was ruined before it started. So I'm really glad that they took that second opinion because I was able to get them a lower payment with less money down on a better loan product had they not asked for that opinion, that second opinion. Uh, you know, they would have been stuck and not known any better, Right. But, you know, establishing that relationship with the advisor is important, Mm. not just winging it. You may only do a real estate transaction once every couple years, right? But that team needs to be with you from the beginning to the end. They need to be with you with buying your home, refinancing your home, selling your home. That's where the mortgage advisor is going to come in because you may not consult your real estate agent if all you're doing is a home equity loan or a refinance, right? A real estate agent would have anything to do with that, but... Let's face it, you're not going to have a relationship with anybody, let alone somebody that's got to do with money, if you don't trust them. Trust, I believe, is paramount yes. in any relationship, and certainly when it has to do with your finances. Why do you believe it's crucial for homeowners uh, to establish such a like a long-term relationship with their mortgage advisor? Yeah, so mortgage, I, I believe the statistic I heard the other day is that less than 20% of mortgage borrowers use the same lender for multiple transactions, meaning that in our industry and in mortgage, 80% of our clients will end up going somewhere else. Now, I have a much lower amount. I probably only have maybe 40% of my clients going to another lender. But you know what? That's not good. I want to retain 100% of my clients. And even though I'm way better than the industry average, we're still not in the position that we want to be, right? It needs to be that client for life mentality. But is that have to do with you personally or the rate that you're offering? No, no. It, it's not anything most cases to do with that because if you're comparing apples to apples, most lenders are going to be in the same ballpark when it comes to interest rate. Okay. What it really is is advice at overprice, okay. knowing who you are, what your goals are. From when you bought your house, like when we're getting you set up to buy your home, that's probably the first interaction you're going to have with that mortgage advisor. What are your goals? How long do you plan on staying in your home? What's your retirement scenario? How old are you? Do you have a pension? Do you have a 401k? You know, all these questions are easy answers, right? But if you're starting with a new advisor, you're starting from square one. You have to answer these questions All over again, right? So by dealing with the same advisor, multiple transactions, we know your goals. 
hey, has anything been updated on your goals or are you still looking to retire by 58? You know, those are the questions that we need to ask. And then also documentation and mortgage is huge. I have clients applying for loans now with me that we did a loan a year ago. I only need like two or three pieces of paperwork from them. Updated paycheck stub, updated bank statements, right? So it's like very easy to just hop in the saddle and rock on a new mortgage when you're using that same advisor. When you have someone come that's brand new, we're starting from the ground up. I need your driver's license. I need your W-2s. I need your tax returns. Whereas if we did a loan in the last couple of years, a lot of those documents can be reused. So for you as a consumer, as a homeowner, way easier, way less stress. You're dealing with someone you already know. Like I, I would actually bring it up like a primary care physician, you know, somebody that really knows you. They know your history. They know what's going on. Giving you that personalized advice and ongoing support, giving you that better decision in the long run. And this is something, Gary, that I have people calling all the time to just ask a random question because they are thinking of doing a mortgage in six to 12 months. They know from dealing with me that the decisions they make today will affect them. So they ask those questions. They call me, they email me. You can't do that with a random Joe Schmo from your local bank or your credit union. I'm sorry, you can't. They probably won't even work there in a year, let alone know who you are. And yet, so few homeowners use the same advisor for multiple yes. mortgages. You know, it puzzles me so much oh. because, again, I liken it to a doctor or a lawyer. And you're going to want to – if you have a good experience with a doctor, you're going to go back to that doctor. If you have a good experience with a lawyer, you're going to use that lawyer again, right? But the mortgage industry, real estate in general, but I'll really get a little bit more micro by saying the mortgage industry – just has a really bad track record of that client for life mentality. Some people do, you know, I'll count myself as one of those. The people I look up to in the industry, they have the client for life mentality. It's relationships over transactions. That's what it's all about. But unfortunately, because of the quick and easy money that you can get in the real estate industry and mortgage field, a lot of people, it's just churn and burn. Make your money, move on. How can I close this deal? How can I move on? I made my money. Yeah, I'll keep in touch with that person, but they're not being proactive with it. So, you know, the big thing is prioritizing that relationship. The reasons why, you ask, what are the reasons why? I'd say number one is marketing and offers. So we are bombarded today with tons of advertising, right? Billboards, radio, newspaper, uh, social sure. media, right? TV. So there's so much advertising coming at you, and a lot of it is real estate-based. A lot of it is mortgage-based. So there's always people pulling and tugging saying, hey, come look over here. We got a better deal. Hey, we can get you a lower price on the house. Hey, we can get you a lower rate on the mortgage. Hey, we can save you money on this transaction. As a consumer, as a home buyer, hearing that constantly, you're going, gosh, I like that guy, but... That sounds good. If I can save three grand on my closing, that sounds good. And they're pulling and tugging. And people make that mistake. And I do consider it a mistake because more often than not, they regret it. They'll put their information in. They'll put their email. They'll put their phone number. Next thing you know, their phone's blowing up with hundreds and hundreds of lenders, what we call trigger leads in the industry, where they triggered the credit bureau that they're in the market for a home mortgage. And now the credit bureau's licking their chops, ready to make money. They're going to sell your name to hundreds of mortgage companies. And every time they sell your name, 
They are going to make money off of you. I've seen as little as pennies to several dollars. And imagine they sell it to hundreds. And I'm not exaggerating. The only way to opt out of that scenario is a website called optoutprescreen.com. It's completely free. Most people don't know about it, but that's the only way to opt out. So you have the marketing, you have the billboards, you have these offers, you're getting pulled away. Like you said, it's all about trust. If you trust the person you're dealing with and you can get an eighth of a point mortgage, you know, better somewhere else, it's going to save you $19 a month. Are you going to jeopardize your relationship? Are you going to take that months or years of, of that actual getting to know one another and giving you that advice and go somewhere else for $15, $20, $30 a month? Unfortunately, people do. You know, people do. Well, that's one eighth, but it adds up. If it's what if it's a half a percentage? Well, exactly. So, generally speaking, in the mortgage industry, like I said, if you're dealing with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, your cookie cutter type of loans, then all lenders are playing in the same sandbox. Okay, you're it. It happens, but it's very rare. You're going to see a lender that's way out, like you're saying, a half a point or more. Well, that's significant. Okay, yeah. it is significant. More often, though, what you're going to find is that if they're way off on that, they're charging a lot of extra fees to get that. Something we've talked about on the show. Another thing is maybe they're offering you a loan that is a different. Maybe it's a twenty year, and I'm looking at a thirty year. So yeah, twenty years lower interest. But you got to compare apples to apples, right? So the last thing I want to touch on is why people move to a new advisor or don't use the same one twice is real estate agents. Sixty percent of home buyers find who they're going to use for their mortgage through their real estate agent. Okay. People figure, well, a real estate agent's in the market. They know who the good and bad mortgage companies are. If they say I should use this mortgage lender, then I trust my realtor enough to trust their recommendation. And what you'll find, and I had it happen to me the other day, a client I had a long-term relationship with for almost a year, and they got a brand new realtor. Their realtor immediately said, oh, I don't like Rob. We're in Massachusetts. He's in Connecticut. You got to go talk to my guy. You know, and that was that. And that was all the time that I took with them, all the advice that I got them to help them get their offer accepted. And their realtor took them off my horse and put them with someone else. We lose money on that deal. You know, luckily, that doesn't happen often. But I tell you that because a realtor can be, you know, a very important resource when it comes to the lender, because most of these home buyers will take that realtor's recommendation. If they actually took the time to look me up and my recommendations, my reviews, my track record, I think that we could have had an amicable resolution to this. But many realtors do the same. Hey, I don't know that lender. Come work with Joe. I've known Joe for years. And it's unfortunate, but that's what happens all the time. I I can see both sides of this because, you know, I believe your value is is greater than the average person at a bank who, like you said a moment ago, they may be here today and gone gone tomorrow. You know, if it were an eighth, like it's it's, you're well worth an eighth. Um, If it were, I'll even say a quarter. Quarter is pretty significant. I'd probably even... Stick with the person. When you're just looking at price versus price, I get that. But it's a mortgage is more than price because a mortgage is about who you're working with from the standpoint that getting your offer accepted right now is so important. What though you know, you're a pretty humble guy. And you I've heard you say many a times on this show, this is why you need to work with a mortgage advisor. Mm-hmm. Let's take it one step further. And I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable here because you're a very humble a humble person, but why you? I mean, why why Rob Weinberg? I mean, what sets me apart from other loan officers, I'm an actual real advisor. You know, that's the thing is 
I have the experience to help. And I think when I when I began in the industry, I didn't have that experience. I still was able to get clients, but I didn't have the long tenure, the decades of, of experience, the thousands of loans closed. So I would tell you, you know, the focus that I place on that personal relationship is very different from any other mortgage advisor or loan officer that you've probably ever met. Um, I'm, I mean, I. You know, the truth of the matter is I like to be humble, but but I stopped doing this for money a while ago. Like I could have stopped doing mortgages. My bills are paid. I want to help people. And if I can move us from one transaction to a long term, three, four, five, ten transactions over a long time, then that's what I want to do. It's about getting to know you, your family, your goals, and making sure the mortgage fits into that. Price is not part of that. The house you're buying is not part of that, meaning we can switch you in and out different houses different mortgage programs different occupancies like we can switch all that out over a long-term relationship but the foundation your goals and what you're looking to do that's always going to be the same and that's where that again relationships trumps transactions every single time folks you are listening to mortgage matters radio show in the connecticut real estate edge podcast uh if you like more information about rob weinberg and uh, uh benchmark it's simple to just do this go online to rob's website it's robgw.com and his phone number if you want to schedule a consultation it's very simple give him a call at 860-413-3938 i'm actually going to repeat that another time uh towards the end of the show give you an email address as well share some hidden pitfalls though of of, of mortgage advertising that homeowners may not be aware yeah so the low rate advertising that comes with the fine print, you sure. see it on TV, you see it in billboards, newspaper, right. all that sort of thing. So, you know, you'll get lured by this low rate. You know, rates are six and a half to seven and you see an advertisement for five and a half. It's like, whoa, wait, this is a big investment. I want to make sure I'm getting the best deal. What you'll find is you read the fine print. Most people don't. But if you really do, those rates, first of all, they're only for the creme de la creme. A lot of the time you got to put down 30, 40, 50 percent to get that rate. Most people are not doing that. The next thing is the points and the fees. So I saw one the other day that was quoted with three points on a half a million dollar mortgage. That's fifteen thousand dollars to get that lower rate. You're actually better off not getting the lower rate. You're better off taking the higher rate, refinancing down the road, and paying that extra $150, $200 a month in your payment because you're not going to recoup that huge upfront cost, right? So those are, you know, people get lured by those all the time. Those are easy as an advisor for me to get around if they'll give me the opportunity because once I look at that loan estimate or look at the fine print, it's obvious what's going on, okay? So that's a big one. Um, it's just essential. It's essential to look at the terms and conditions, the fees that come with the offer. And people get so wrapped up in, hey, I'm getting this great deal. They don't look at all the details and they realize sometimes when it's too late that they can't do anything about it. They missed out. Um, any benefits of refinancing? You were just talking about that a moment ago or maybe getting a new mortgage with your current Current service, yeah, current service, yeah. So a lot of people get the mail from the current servicer. That's the company that currently services your loan. It can offer a streamlined process, but no more than I can if we worked together before. They have the same paperwork and information that I do from when we did your loan, when you bought your home or refinanced before. So yes, it's a streamlined process, but you're better off getting a second opinion from a local advisor okay. like myself and then comparing apples to apples because we can usually get it done in the same or less time. And again, if I worked with you before, I've got your paperwork. It's going to yeah. be just as quick or That's quicker. Key. If someone were to switch advisors, though, any advice that you can offer them if they were to switch mortgage advisor? 
be upfront, be honest. If you're going to switch advisors, go to your current advisor that you were working with. Talk to them about what's going on, why you chose to switch, and what they can do to help you. I, you know, I had a client a while ago go to someone else that could do a loan I couldn't do. I said, you know what? I'll transfer all your documents to them, no problem. As long as you give me the permission, I'll transfer it to, to them without an issue. I had a client that was moving. Uh, they wanted to stay in Connecticut. They ended up moving to New Jersey. I had pre-approved them in Connecticut. We have an office in New Jersey. They went with the office office in New Jersey, I, with their permission, was able to transfer all their documentation. So if you're going to switch advisors for any of those reasons, just communicate, be upfront, be honest, and let us help you. You talk about long-term relationships here, right? Yes. Um, just Could you give an example of how one of these long-term relationships with a mortgage advisor has benefited one of your clients? So. Yeah, so I had a client that bought a first home, starter home, uh, got a great deal on it, and we kept up over the years. Now, all of a sudden, they've been in the home for a couple of years. They've established a lot of equity. Now they're ready to move up to their next home. Well, all it took was a phone call to me to say, hey, Rob, we've been talking about this. I'm ready to pull the trigger. Here's what I'm looking to do. And that was it. It was literally less than a five-minute phone call. I was able to pull their records, pull their documents, update the loan, get a new credit report, and have them rocked out with a pre-qualification within just a few hours. Now they're going to get me all their documentation, like their updated pay stubs and all that. We'll have a full pre-approval done for them within 24 to 48 hours. That's only possible because of that relationship. Same thing with real estate investors. You know, They come to me. We've done business before. I know what they're looking to do, how they work. Wham, bam, we can rock that out. We can get them a pre-approval quickly. We can get a refi done quickly. It's just having that foundation. It's like going to build a house. If the foundation's already there, it's going to go a heck of a lot quicker. You must have a ton of success stories where a long-term relationship with their mortgage advisor like you, like with you. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, and, and we could sit here for a while, but I know we're tight on time. So a client had come to me about five years ago that I had helped buy their home. And when they started, you know, interest rates were different back then. It was like seven and a half percent. So we did a refi from seven and a half down to five percent a couple years later. Great. Another year went by. They had accumulated some debt. We took that 5% mortgage. We refied them down to 4%. We paid off all their debt. Now they were saving $800 a month. They took that $800 a month. They started putting it in a side fund to start putting away money to buy an investment property. Then another year later, we did another cash out refi, got them the rest of money that they needed to buy their investment property. Mm -hmm. So now they've got no debt other than their mortgages. They've got two properties, not one. And it all started with them buying that property five years ago all the way fast forward to now and you can see a total transformation financially also their credit score went from mid 600s to mid 700s so there's a lot of ancillary benefits but that only happens that whole process only happens when you have that advisor to guide you to each step along the way so then how would having a long-term relationship with your mortgage advisor how would you be able to help them navigate through some of the changes that right now, especially is so important with that. So staying informed about the market fluctuations, staying informed about the market trends, are the prices going up or down? Where are mortgage rates at? Like we can have that ongoing conversation and we can proactively review your mortgage. If it looks like rates are going to drop or there's going to be a scenario that'll benefit you, we can proactively look at that like before it happens. So we can strike while the iron's hot. And I've got a bunch of clients right now that bought homes in the last year. They're ready to refi when the rates drop, they haven't yet. So we're getting them positioned. We're getting the ducks in a row. We're getting everything in play. Mm -hmm. So the minute that that shoe drops, we can lock them in and rock it out. For more information on this show and any others that we have uh, done in the past, 
Head on over to Rob's website. It's www.robgw.com. Again, robgw.com. By the way, if you've got a question that you'd like to have answered right here on these very airwaves, we set up a special email address for you to uh, contact us. It's Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. And once again, that phone number to schedule a consultation with Rob Weinberg. Write it down, 860-413-3938. Again, 860-413-3938. For, for Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.